Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back. This is going to be for Joel chapter 2. I'm going to read the heading. War and desolation precede the second coming. The sun and the moon shall be darkened. The Lord will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. There will be dreams and visions. The first half of this chapter tells of Jerusalem being overrun by an army so powerful nothing can stop it. The second half tells of the repentance of the people and their subsequent blessing of the Lord. Verse 1, Blow ye the trumpet, or the shofar, or ram's horn, in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Where the temple is, this, this scripture has dualism. The holy mount meant Jerusalem as well as the temple in the last days. The battle of Armageddon in Revelation 9 and Ezekiel 38 is mentioned. Uh, verse 2, A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever like ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations, shall descend upon Israel in the last days. That's what's going to happen in, in the battle of Armageddon. Verse 3, A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, yea, and nothing shall escape them. Following the battle which with that which was once beautiful shall be wasted. Today the area is a beautiful garden. The valley of Megiddo, which is where Armageddon will take place, is right now a very fruitful, a very um, fertile valley. Verse 4, the appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, as and as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the, like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains, shall they leap like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. These images all refer to a powerful army. It sounds like uh, jets going overhead and bombing too, doesn't it? Before their face the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. That's a Hebrew idiom for meaning gloom. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one on his ways and shall not break their ranks. This will be the siege of Jerusalem. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. The weapons against the enemy shall be ineffectual. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice from before, before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? It should be clear by this point that Joel was describing neither bugs nor people with lion teeth. His words were meant to convey the awful power, terror, and despair that will accompany the day of the Lord, that day in which the Lord will return to earth to bring judgment upon the wicked and peace to the righteous. Verse 12, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye, or repent, even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. How can we be rescued, verse 13, repent, and rend your heart and not your garments, and repent, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he will turn away the evil from you. 
In due time, the house of Israel will indeed accept the Lord's invitation and come unto Christ. Then he will have compassion on them and restore their fortunes. Those who oppress them will be removed. The fertility of the land will be restored. The storehouses will overflow with plenty. And the devastation of the locust, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm will be undone. The Lord's covenant people will praise his name. Verse 14, Therefore repent. And who knoweth, but he will return and leave a blessing behind him, that you may offer a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet. Verses 15 and 17 are the response to verses 12 to 14. The people have a fast. Zion, sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Pray for deliverance. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breasts, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet or the wedding canopy. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous or zealous for his land and pity or have compassion on his people, God's answer to our prayer. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith. And I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen, but I will remove far far off from the northern army, and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea, and his hinder part toward the utmost sea, and his stink shall come up, and his ill savor shall come up, because he hath done great things." Joseph Fielding Smith said, The Lord says that he will take that great army in hand, that he also has an army, and he will take things in hand. When I say the other army, the Lord's army, do not get an idea he is thinking about England or the United States. He is not. He is not thinking about any earthly army. The Lord's army is not an earthly army, but he he has a terrible army, and when that army marches, it will put an end to other armies, no matter how terrible they may be. And so he says in these closing words that he would do this thing. He would drive this terrible northern army into the wilderness, barren and desolate, with his face towards the west sea, and his hinder parts toward the utmost sea. He would do that, and then he would bless his people, having references, of course, to Israel. Verse 21, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the, in the first month. Rain means blessings and revelations. Verse 24, And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats, or the vats, shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the year that the, fo- that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. During the millennium all losses will be restored to us in their fullness, and even more abundantly. And ye shall eat in plenty, and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. The covenant of Israel will be restored. These last five verses are in a separate chapter in the Hebrew Bible. So verses 28 to 32 are actually Joel chapter 3, quoted by Moroni to Joseph Smith and to Peter on the day of Pentecost. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your your young men shall see visions. 
and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids. In those days will I pour out my spirit. With the repentance of the righteous people, the Lord's spirit will be poured out upon all people. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Pillars of smoke has reference, I think, to nuclear attacks. Verse 31, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. This reference may be that the religious feasts, which usually occurred on the full moon, have, have been corrupted by blood. Before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, Jehovah, shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Moroni quoted these verses uh, in the second chapter of Joel. He also said that this was not yet fulfilled, but was soon to be, and he further stated that the fullness of the Gentiles was soon to come in. The millennium will be the greatest era of fulfillment, since it will be the day in which the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. But spiritual experiences are had among the Lord's saints today, and it may be that the time of outpouring, which Moroni said was soon to be, has now arrived. Perhaps the greatest fulfillment of these words is in the quiet witness that faithful saints receive in answer to their humble prayers concerning the truthfulness of the gospel and the divine mission of the church. The most powerful manifestation of the Spirit today is the personal revelation that we call a testimony, which is granted freely by the Lord to the sons, daughters, old and young servants and handmaids of the church. God's Spirit is at work among the Latter-day Saints as they quietly prophesy, enjoy personal revelation in their lives, dream dreams, see visions, and otherwise enjoy the blessings of the gift of the Holy Ghost. In 1917, the Great Britain, or Great Britain captured Jerusalem for the Jews to return. In Acts chapter 2 it says, And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out those day in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.